0: Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and in context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is episode uh, 22 for the Guided Principles Study for the Anonymous podcast. Uh, we're going to begin on page 33 with question four. Uh, reads, what is the relationship, et cetera? But first, are gonna give our introductions. Brooke T, can you jump in and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my
2: name is Brooke T. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado. My home group is Just Can't Miss It on Wednesday nights. And my clean date is 6 16,
1: 1997.
0: Thanks, Brooke. What's happening,
1: Donna? Hey, everybody. My name is Donna. I'm an addict out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is Thanksgiving Day, 1985. My home group is Solutions for Living. <laughs> I finally remember the name of it. 6 p.m. on Sundays. Come visit us. I'll take you to the meeting.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Donna. What's up, Michelle?
3: Hey, uh, my name is Michelle. I'm from Bend, Oregon. Uh, my clean date is 8-13-92. And my home group is the Early Risers, which is an online meeting. Come join us seven days a week, 7 a.m. Pacific.
4: Thanks, Michelle. So Phil? My name's uh, Phil, my clean date is 4 My home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area area of Pennsylvania. Thanks Phil, what's happening Alberto?
5: I'm Alberto and I'm an addict. My clean date is 10 30, 16 and currently
6: in Fort Worth, Texas. All right, thanks Alberto, what's happening Bobby? Hey, everybody. I'm Bobby. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is October 1st of 2020, and uh, I attend meetings in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, Bobby. And I'm an addict. My
6: name is Douglas. I got clean March 12th,
0: 2000 in southwestern PA, uh, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks. So episode 22 for the Guide and Principle Study for the Anonymous podcast, we're going to begin on page 33 with question four. First, tradition two reads this, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted ser- servants. They do not govern. And so we're in the group inventory questions. Uh, the questions below offer ways to begin or continue group, group inventory discussions focused on this tradition. So question four reads, what is the relationship between anonymity and the group conscience? Why is it important that everyone be heard? How do we invite full participation? And how do newcomers contribute to group conscience? So I'll throw some, um, some of my thoughts out there. Uh, the, full, the full participation, I think it's an important not, not just to kind of have like a, maybe like an open forum to say, hey, say what you want, say what you will, but for, for members to kind of show, hey, this is how we share and this is how we listen. Uh, I know sometimes, especially um, uh, I can do this too, if, if I have a, a thought or an idea um, and we're in a discussion or in a group, I can't wait to jump in and say, hold on, but, but, but here's a fantastic idea, right? Because I can say from my perspective, it's kind of, maybe it's fantastic with the limited knowledge that I have on, on, the, on the topic, but actually, you know, maybe being an example of how to listen in a business meeting um, was something that when I learned it, uh, I feel like I, I'm better off for it. So, so, You know, I wanted to add that. Anybody want to come in and add some context to question four? Hey, Brooke.
2: So um, right off the top, what is the relationship between anonymity and the the group conscience? For me, that's, um, since anonymity is the state of bearing no name, then I can, when I leave my ego at the door, then that's just that much easier for me to, I'm not like fighting my ego to get involved with the group. So, um, I mean, you can, again, you can do anything you want, that's fine, but that's how it works for me is that if I remember that, I, um, that I'm a part and I'm not more important and I'm not less important just for whatever reason, I have more clean time, this has been my home group for 20 years, whatever, um, and just be another recovering addict working with other recovering addicts. Um, and I can't even stress enough that listening part I I was joking with, um, we were at the convention and I was joking with a friend of mine and we were talking about this conversation in area that should have taken five minutes, but because people kept jumping in who hadn't been listening and asking the same questions over and over and over again. So I just want you all to know, all the people listening, if you repeat what somebody just said five minutes ago or ask a question we've answered three times, I'm silently judging you. So that's why I'm saying.
0: All right. Thanks for what else want to jump in and answer question four.
4: All right. What's happening Phil? Morning. Wow. Well, good stuff. Uh, the relationship, uh, and the, yeah, uh, anonymity with the group conscience. Yeah. I, it, I think it's very, uh, uh, important that, uh, to make the, all the members try to feel, especially with the newcomer, when it got, when it goes to that, make them feel that they're important, but, uh, um, And to make sure everybody's heard now, uh, one of my home groups, they have a, their group conscience is in between the beginners meeting and the uh, main speaker meeting. So there's like a half hour that's in there. And when, when it takes a break um, uh, in between the meeting, the members uh, 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 go to smoke, uh, cigarettes or whatever, for like a little break. And, uh, and I don't smoke, so I'm always the member to herd up all the kiddies, <laughs> you know, to get to try to uh, get them all in there. But one of the things that I do when I'm I'm doing that, I do say to the the new people that that you're so important that the uh, the group conscience can't uh, can't go on with uh, with you, and we just got to hear what you got to say. We can't do the group conscience unless you're here, you know, to get them in and that, and, and those kind of things are to make sure. To make sure we get a, a full participation. That's all I got.
0: Thanks for those comments, Phil. You know, two with this um, the contribute piece, uh, home group that I had. I guess it's been six months ago now. Um, Has something come to us where we're thinking about switching areas? Um, you know, there were some. You know, for whatever issue, you know, money issues or something, and not you know being supportive, is going over or whatever, you know. So, uh, or no, I think it was the area was, was thinking about going from one region. Bobby, do you remember that it was, it was going from, I think the Carolina region to the Carolinas region or something, it it was something like this, right. It's to to switch region. So brought that back here, but you know, I could see as, as a, a newcomer sitting in there, well, Hey, what's the history of this? You know, what's the reason why, like, what are some things that are going on? It's not just a simple, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And Hey, you know, and so I think in order for to contribute, maybe one question that, that a group could ask would be, hey, are there some mechanisms in place or are people willing to say, hey, look, you know, here's what's being discussed. We have to vote on this, but here's some things that add some context to what we're discussing. You know, so, so I was thinking about that too, as you folks were, were talking. All right, let's go to question number five. It reads, how does our group conscience moderate the, the influence of strong personalities or people perceived to be authorities? Do we ensure that all points of view are heard before we make a decision? How do we distinguish between leadership and governing? And uh, you know, I'll just roll with this and then open it up to you. My first seven years, the home group that I had, first seven years, claimed there was no distinguish, you know, between leadership or governing. It was a very top-down approach. It just was. I know that's not. Um, I mean, that's that's not how I conduct myself now. But it, you know, then I didn't know any better, and it was. Um, if we had, you know, if maybe somebody who wasn't clean, like in the, in the 20 plus range, you know, or like 18 years plus range, something like this, wanted, had an idea or, or like wanted some thought, we had to kind of go through the chain of command of like talking to somebody maybe outside the meeting. Phil, you know what I'm talking, you know, you know where I'm talking about. And uh, uh, Phil, Phil's in Southwestern PA, so he knows the, the group I was with for, and it was like, you know, and so at the time I just thought, okay, hey, this is kind of like politicking you know it's just what it is you know it's just okay if you want you know to go there it is kind of neat though when my eyes became open to say oh you know what i was clean seven years though but oh i can i can say my thoughts you know we could get voting i could disagree with you know my sponsor holy shit you know i could disagree with like his sponsor you know stuff like that and that's kind of neat um i do caution though uh I do caution that that um, sometimes, maybe like someone who who doesn't have you know, like clean time and maybe some recovery and maybe some awareness too, uh, but has a very charismatic um, personality. I have seen that. I have seen a very charismatic person, not coming from a position of a, you know, of, of saying, "Hey, I'm clean longest," but I'm I'm a really good speaker. I'm popular or something like this. Kind of guide that and maybe make them not so good. Um, you know, decisions too. So, so maybe when we're answering this uh, authorities, you know, people with strong personalities, or maybe that charismatic, you know, person um, uh, too. So let's open that up. Michelle, what's happening? Um,
3: the, the thing I was thinking about with this, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes the strong personalities aren't always the ones that are, that are speaking up, but other people are expecting them to. Right. So like, I I see that happen sometimes where um, people will wait for those people who they know either have a long, long long-term clean time or have a strong personality. So it's like, it's almost like, well, we're just going to be quiet and let those people do it. And so I think like where I was talking about leadership versus governing it's I think part of it, like at a home group meeting and stuff is making sure that you're like asking, you know, are there any newcomers here that have questions? Like, do you have, do you have any thoughts or ideas that you wanna to bring to the table? Like allowing space for that. Um, and the, the other thing that I've experienced too is like at my home group, we'll get, we can get stuck on an issue if somebody doesn't use leadership. Like you, you almost have to get to a point where you say, if anybody has a new or different perspective that they'd like to bring to the table, right? Because people sometimes just wanna, like, like Brooke was talking about that, that ego can come up where we just wanna hear our own self. We state the same thing everybody else has said to be on the bandwagon. And it's like, well, we're using consensus-based decision-making we don't don't need to hear the same thing over and over and over again. We just need new and different perspectives if we need to look at it from a different angle. So I think that it takes leadership to allow that to happen. Whereas governance is like, we have five minutes, three people can speak, we're done, we're voting, right? Like having those hard lines and and being able to navigate and manage that. Um, I feel like that's the difference between leadership and governance, you know? So, anyway, that's
0: all I got. Thanks, Michelle. What's happening, Bobby?
6: Hey, yeah, I love those comments, Michelle. I was, I was kind of spe- um, thinking on the same point where, um, you know, how do we ensure all points of view are being heard before a decision is made? And it, that made me think of a, a time when it was a newcomer to our group, and it was his—he he wanted to become a home group member, and so that—that that just happened to be the day where we had our business meeting, and so it was obvious from the start that he he had obviously never been to a business meeting because, you know, a lot of questions were being asked. And so I I felt the responsibility and I think our group felt the responsibility to educate and, and, you know, if there were questions to be asked that those, it was important to answer those because he was a part of the group and he's a group, a home group member. And I think, I feel it's very important that, you know, all, you know, everybody there kind of understands what's going on, you know? And so having having everybody's input is important i think that's what makes a group conscience and i think that's what this second tradition is all about is we moderate those those personalities those strong personalities by you know allowing god to guide our group conscience you know he's the ultimate authority and the only way we can keep that is just by making sure everybody's knowledgeable and everyone's voice is heard and we're not leading people, you know, these strong personalities or charming personalities aren't leading the meeting into a a direction that they want, you know, and unfortunately it happens. And and I've been in meeting in areas of the country that uh, that is very, it happens a lot. And that's unfortunate because, um, you know, clicks are the last thing we need in NA. So um, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thanks for those comments, Bobby. Anybody else? Question five?
6: We, yeah, jump in,
4: Phil. I'll be real quick. Uh, yeah, on that uh, strong personality note, uh, uh, that can be accidentally, you know. And uh, I had a home group where where the strong personality of the person it was acts ax- accidentally because the person uh, had the key to the building. It was it was uh, he was a member of the church. It was just easy for him to have the key to let the people into the meeting. So that was like one of those things there where um, it was a good thing for the home group because he was there all the time to let, uh, let the members in. But what became of the strong personality is, is uh, I'm letting everybody in, this is my meeting. And then the personality like took over because of the person letting us in and this and that. And then it was the other things um, and the personality was trying to uh, do that wasn't in A. You know, and uh, there was lots of times that the members had to pull all the members in, in the group conscious to show them things in the literature. You know, we shouldn't be doing this and then this and that. And it is loving and caring as we could do things to, to show them the difference between leadership and 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 government, a governing. Leaders do lead, but they don't govern. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, thanks for those comments, Phil. And, and and one thing I really want to emphasize with what you said is taking it to the literature. You know, in the business meeting, group conscious meeting, you know, whatever title you give it, um, is really a, a neat way to diffuse a situation, too. Um, and 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 I share that. Had it had a uh, instance where um, one home group member was really adamant about um, not somebody not leaving an office or or sticking on and, and all all like three or four of the offices switch out at the same time um, was real adamant about that. And so I suggested, you no, know, we rotate that every couple of months, you know, one person leaves, someone come on, the next position leaves the month or two after that. And it started to go like a, like a tennis match. And then I was like, well, hold on, let's look at the group booklet, you know, and, and, you know, clearly states, Hey, you know, we alternate that, that way it's not a whole new crop with people asking all kinds of questions. There's a smooth transition. And then it was like, uh. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't like oh Douglas is trying to like you know bull and China shop his way through it. It's like okay, it's right here. You know, it's right here. So that's a good point, Phil, about taking it back to 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 there. It kind of does diffuse kind of like a high situation. So all right, let's go to six. Uh, how do we balance collective and individual conscience? How do we recognize when group conscience has been reached? And and Brooke, I think you were hitting on this when you were talking about sometimes it's not a simple um, or, or was it Donna, who, when we were talking about last week, of like, hey, it's not a simple, um, you know, five people vote and four people don't, that's it. So one of you wanna jump in and, and maybe start us off on question six? Yeah, Brooke.
2: Okay, yeah, I can definitely remember when a um, few times that we did the vote and it came out four to five, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just never felt right. Like I just feel um, like even if we sound like we're repeating ourselves, um, that uh, that we need to we need to be in agreement. So if I say, "Hey, it's black," and she says, "Oh, it's white," you know, we need to figure out what gray looks like to us. You know, and that and that sometimes requires that we have to again listen, um, and I don't know, be clear, like here's the the thing is like I don't know how to put okay words mean different things to different people (laughs) and sometimes that's what we're dealing with is we're dealing with people who think that um that like what powerless is to us now isn't what it was when we got here you know that kind of stuff where it's just like sometimes we just really need to drill down into um what it is that we're talking about so we can all be on the same page because we're not here for us, we're here for Narcotics Anonymous. That's all I have. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Thanks, Brooke. What's happening Michelle?
3: The other thing I would say is that sometimes if we don't feel like we've raised group conscience to remember that we can table things, like unless there's a vote required that has to go back to area by a certain timeframe, if there's still a lot of contention between, or you know, it's something like four to five, things like that, um, our home group has gotten to the place where we just table it. And we say, you know, clearly we all need to think more about this and find a place that works for all of us because we're, we're divided. And until, until we feel comfortable that we have group conscience, we don't want to move forward and create animosity. And so you know, I think sometimes we have to remember that no decision is the right decision. And, uh, and allow for time to, to you know, really think about it and bring it back up the next month or two months later, like be in agreement about, are we gonna bring it back to the table next month or, or after that? Um,
0: All right, thanks, Michelle. What's happening, Don?
1: I was um, one of my, uh, one of the women I've been in service work with for 30 years, she's an incredible leader. And um, and one of the she's just really good about like we talk about things. She's the chairperson of the convention we're having right. We're going to be having, and we talk about things. And when it comes time to make a decision, if a if a motion has been put on the table, she just looks around and she goes, "Is there any is anybody opposed to this?" You know, and that is the and that is what we move forward with, right? We don't have to keep talking about how much we all agree that this is a good idea. It's really the person that is. Um, who's saying i think we got some more things to talk about here now it's sometimes difficult to be in a committee meeting with people with that feel really strongly about governing you know and that the you know 3 3 you know 5 minutes 3 people kind of thing because they just want to like can we just stop talking about this you know and that's just not the way group conscience works uh, the other thing, too, is um, and you just have to tell people, no, no we're going to keep we're going to talk about it until we come to an agreement. Um, and the other thing, too, I think that's really cool. I mean, I, well, I was pretty new when I started seeing this style of communication. Right. And I started pe- hearing people like listening to each other. And um, so when we are modeling this with new people in the room, I guarantee you it's going to be very rare that they've ever seen anything like this and it's exciting and it's really when it's done well it's beautiful and um you know when uh we started doing this kind of this new style of get, you know doing business with consensus um the the concern was that we were going to be stuck forever on an issue that is not what happens That is not what happens. We get together. We talk about something. We agree, you know, that this is the problem. These are the solutions. And we move forward as a collective group. And um, sometimes it's a little harder work, but most of the time it is so simple, you know. So um, there is... I've been doing this long enough that there is absolutely no doubt when group conscience has been reached, because it's there's this calm about the decision that's being made. Right? There's nobody stomping around, you know, this deciding that you know that we're all doing the wrong thing. We're we're really moving forward as a group, you know, and um. Uh, and sometimes, like it's already been said here, the answer is like we're just going to talk about it next time. That's okay. It's going to be just fine,
0: right? Thanks. Yeah, thanks for those comments, Don, And I hope the folks listening to really take that to heart, especially with this, you know, recently, a lot of meetings um, are going back to wearing masks too, because of the facilities are saying, hey, so, you know, so we saw the flow of like, you know, mask up, then that's relaxed. And then so, you know, okay, we're cool now. And then now that re-entrance in, you know, and then those home groups, um, the people I'm talking to are having these discussions of like, okay, you know, the, despite personal belief, like the facility saying, hey, this is something that we need to do. You know, we need to abide by that and those discussions and, and appreciate those comments, Donna, of like, hey, look. And that's really neat too, when you when you have this motion, you ask, um, is there any issues with this? And then you make that a, that, that a because what it does is it takes the, it takes that desire to say, let me pull as many votes as I can for this you know, before I bring it up, you know, hey, you back me up when I make this, you know, to, to really drive it home. No, that's cool. That's really cool. So thanks for sharing those. Alberto, what's happening?
5: Our minor connection might be bad. So if, if you guys can't hear, just signal me and I'll stop. Um, but like my last group conscience meeting at my old home group in Florida, I got to experience something really beautiful, right? Because the Pensacola area does the uh, consensus page consensus based decision making, but I, there was always a lot of more arguments than there was trying to just figure out how we can all be happy. And so in my home group, this individual wanted to bring up the clarity statement and, and I don't remember, but there was another addict in the room that just was not okay with it because and I don't remember his exact words, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. He says it was an NA fellowship approved. Um, so I'm not sure. He got real technical with it. Um, I'm I might be using the wrong words here. Um, forgive me. But what he did was he, you know, we brought it up to discussion, right? Because we went to a second open forum, um, because the you know it was denied on the first vote. And and he says, why don't we use what's in the basic text on page XXV something, right? It was it was something explaining how, you know, we were grateful for um, AA and what they did, which opened up the opportunity for us. And he says that for him again, he says that was like wrong choice of words, maybe here and they fellowship approved. Um, but now everybody in the group started like, hey, let me read that passage. Let me see what you're talking about, because a lot of people were up for the clarity statement. Right. Because they, they um, I don't know why they just had a passion for it, which is cool. But another member was like, "Let's. why don't we do it this way? And next thing you know, people started going with it, right? The idea was still there, but it was just now everybody's being happy instead of one person being like, no, fuck this, I'm not gonna vote. um, It was like everybody saw his side and said, you know what, you still have the same goal as us, it's just a different path. But at least if we do it this way, we can all come to an agreement. And I was like looking at the group, right? Cause I was the group facilitator. I was like, these guys are actually doing this right now. Like, you know, it was really cool to experience that because again, there's a lot of personalities and, and I don't know, man, that just made me feel real good to see an example of what consensus-based decision-making actually really is about. And it because my sponsor one day told me that, he says, you sit in a table you come up, you bring up emotion. If so, one person doesn't like it, we don't go through with it. We have to go around and make sure everyone is happy. And that right there, kind of nearly sounds impossible when you got ex dope things, you know what I mean? So it was real beautiful to see that and, and to have an example in reality, not just on paper. Um, Yeah, so that's all I got.
0: Humberto, thanks thanks for that. And, and uh, for the folks listening too, if i uh, not sure about, you know, what, what Alberto's talking about when he says about the clarity statement, it's, you know, usually at the beginning of the meeting, if a meeting's using it, it's gonna say something like, uh, somebody helped me out here, but it's like, you know, it's confusing, it clouds, you know, the message. If we say clean and sober or sobriety, we say clean and refer to our clean time as recovery. It's about maybe seven or eight sentences. So it's about one paragraph. Um, and just to add some context to that, I don't know. I, I don't know either does anybody you know briefly maybe like a little 30 second context to that is is this in a like are we good with that like is that something okay to be at at meetings yeah Brooke can you, you know, because I, I'm, I'm curious now since Alberto talked about it I'm sure some other people are too so.
2: Well, and I think this is where it's coming from is that it was put out by the World Service Office, which is not the fellowship and so some people don't like things that haven't gone through. Uh, the fellowship to be voted on, and I don't, and it wasn't, it was, it was just, um, it was something because a lot of groups were like, how do we tell people to say clean instead of sober? So they just created this thing that, that was, that was trying to be, so people weren't like trying to strangle other people and go, can't say sober in this meeting, you know, I mean, like, we were just trying to figure out a way to be nice about it, but it didn't go through the, um, through the channels that a lot of people are, think, speaking of group conscience, are very important um, to our literature, that's all.
0: All right, thanks, Brooke. All right, folks, so if we're looking at six, anybody else want to answer six? All right, let's go go ahead, number seven, question seven, when and how might we revisit or rethink our decisions? Uh, So seven, when and how might we revisit or rethink our decisions? Um, I've been parts of groups where there was a three month, um, we can't revisit an issue in three months. And that takes away from a few other people joining the home group, becoming home group members, bringing something up and and kind of voting it through. Uh, and even the discussion recently about hybrid meetings, um, I suggested to somebody that we were talking to the meetings, taking a few votes on to continue the meeting being hybrid, um, which means, you know, they meet in person then have, you know, have a, um, uh, an online feature as well. Um, but, but it's, it's kind of brought up when anybody wants to say, Hey, are we still going to be hybrid? You know, now that we're meeting you know, this and that. And so what I recommended was, um, vote every three months. So quarterly kind of take the temperature of the group. Are we still meeting virtually? Yes or no? Good. Okay. Then, then go on. Um, so, so what else can we do here, folks? When and how might we revisit or rethink our decisions? Yeah, Phil, what's happening?
4: I'll just just change it just a little bit to uh, how might we revisit and rethink our uh, decisions. Uh, what I have seen um, especially especially uh, uh, in, in area, the rethink and the decision once that decision has gone into that action and now we are living it, and we find out you know this ain't working. This is now a disaster now uh then we revisit rethink and and redo you know uh, but anyway uh so the decision is has gone to the action so that's why we re, re, revisit and rethink that's all i got
0: thanks phil anybody else when and how what might we revisit or rethink our decisions okay let's go to question eight what does our group uh, do to ensure that group conscious meetings maintain a spiritual focus and foster goodwill. So, what does our group do to ensure that group conscious meetings maintain a spiritual focus and foster goodwill? What do you want to jump in? Hey, Donna?
1: Uh Donna? Um, just that uh, we start and end our business meetings with a serenity prayer you know, reminding us who's in charge and what we're trying to do, um, that serenity and, um, goodwill are what's important. We make sure that everybody in the room, we go around the room one time before we stop, make sure that everybody has an opportunity, um, to say they're good. Um, and, uh, um, one of the things that myself and another, uh, Home group member. I talked before about us having, um, you know, a class or personality clash, right? And so when we, after we do a business meeting, we always talk, always, because the both of us know that we are that's who we are in meetings, in business meetings together, and have been for a dozen years you know and so uh um we always make sure that like so we're good right you're still my home group member we're still good you're still my friend you know and uh, um and uh, and so that is really helpful as well because they're both strong personalities again it's good modeling right because people get to see us disagree sometimes you know pretty um boisterously and then they get to see us afterwards you know having uh words and hugging you know so it's good modeling yeah
0: thanks for those comments Donna. what's up alberto um
5: so one thing that i found out personally is how important the role of group facilitator or you know that's just what they call it in this area in florida um I know different groups have different things. Um and and even though that's such a great role, I didn't realize how how much like actually principles have to be practiced in that role, right? Because like when they voted me in as a group facilitator, mind you, I didn't want to, right? Because I'd already, for me, I thought I practice enough principles at work, you know. So like, why do I have to do it with you guys? Like, no, I'm not doing that. And um When they voted me in, well, when they were discussing if I was fit for the position, mind you, my recovery started in Louisiana for like the first three something years. So one of the addicts, you know, um, heard that I was from Louisiana and their words exactly was, I don't want him to bring Louisiana in Florida. Right. And I was just kind of started. laughing. I was like, first of all, I'm not I don't even want to do this. Let's let's get real honest here. Um, But what i did realize was that like it wasn't even about what i wanted to do they were having discussions about what i thought at times were petty petty things and and i couldn't state my opinion i i had to let them go through what they were going through um and like the beautiful thing about it is like it's, it's asking well how can we maintain that spiritual focus and foster goodwill like I don't know about you guys, but I really try to be a decent person today. I really, really do try. Um, I fail a lot, but at least I try, try, try. Um, And like, what a perfect place to do it. To say, all right, I'm listening to these people and and we're we're talking about one topic. I don't know. And I hear the solution go around the room 10 times from 10 10 different people because everybody's raising their hand and they want to say it in their kind of way. And just being like, you know what, guys? Hey, we've been stuck on this question for 40 minutes. I've heard the solution 10 times. I'm stopping everybody right now. The solution has already been placed. I understand that you five other people probably want to say the exact same thing, but I'm sorry. The solution is in place. Let's move forward. And, and like, I don't know. It, it gave me a bigger role than I really wanted it because I don't like being the center of attention. Deep down I do, but outside I don't um right it's kind of weird you know look at me but don't stop um but to be able to just say all right guys we gotta move forward right like like whatever's going to happen whether it's because of this person or this person the moment that that meeting comes to a close like I've learned that's what's going to happen whether I like it you like it doesn't matter like my sponsor reminds me this is a spiritual program spiritual based program we're we're the ones that ruin it so I got to be able to like you know what trust the fact that how it ends up is going to be you know my third step right God's will so that's all I got for that thanks Alberto what's happening Michelle
3: hey so what I was going to add to this was um you know I agree with Donna starting and ending with a with with prayers is, is always good just to, you know, cause most of the time our group meets right after our meeting. So it's like, there's a social 10 minutes that happen, and then just trying to get everybody refocused and, and, uh, and, and getting going on that primary purpose. And, um, you know, I think that, um, one of the things that I've experienced is like if you have a format for your business meeting that you like use every time, that that helps like people know what's coming and people know what to expect. That are regulars of the home group meeting, and so that helps to foster some goodwill and like reaching out to people ahead of time. Do you have any like at our home group? We have we're virtual, so we have like an email and a text message that's kind of going off all the time and stuff like that. So you know, I'm the group facilitator. So I'll reach out ahead of time to say, does anybody have anything? They, you know, message me if you want to put anything on the agenda so that, you know, we can be conscious of people's time and, and be efficient when we're together. Um, and, and then the other thing I would say is that, you know, with, with, within a group, there are those strong personalities, but there are also those calming personalities almost always. And so, you know if if those people feel empowered to kind of help bring you know if things are getting off track like we have a member in our group that will he's just he's just super calm and chill and he'll just be like hey let's bring it back to the primary purpose you know he's got this like it's like everything's heated and everything's up and he's just kind of okay you know and and that those moments just reground us to go okay and and sometimes those are the moments where we go all right we have to table this we're not going to get there today or let's reground, let's say the Serenity Prayer again and see if we can get there today. Um, you know, because you, you don't want to end up in a situation where everybody's walking away with resentments, right? That, that doesn't fulfill your primary purpose or help carry the message or unity or, or any of the above. So uh, that's what I got.
0: Thanks for those comments, Michelle. All right, folks, question number nine What role do spiritual principles play in the decision making process? of our group. When a problem arises, how do we find a solution? How does our group ask itself difficult questions or handle unresolved issues? How do we recognize when we're moving too fast or too slow when making a decision? Who'd like to start us off? Michelle,
3: what's happening? Well, I mean, I think I talked about some of this just now, but um, but that last piece about moving too fast or too slow, um, One of the things that I've seen both in committees I've been on as well as in my current home group is like people will have side conversations outside of a group conscience and like, hey, we should do this and like starting to get people on board or or like decisions start to get made outside where you have to kind of rein it back in and go wait we don't, this isn't group conscience this isn't like if we want to have this conversation we need to get a message out to everybody and Make sure that it's either on the next meeting's agenda or if it really has to be decided ahead of time, then have a, you know, see if you can get a, a meeting together with, with some notification um, Because those times it's like it's moving too fast. Like somebody got excited, you know, or something happened and then everybody's trying to push an agenda forward. Um, and I think on the, the spiritual uh, principles in the decision-making process is, you know, I think so much of that's like a, a individual, like I have to take personal responsibility for my own actions and how I behave, right? Like I have to make sure that I'm living and, and bringing forward spiritual principles. And, and as a group, when it feels like we're getting off of that, again, having somebody that can reground you, I think is so important, but um, um, yeah, I think that's it.
0: All right, thanks, Michelle. What's up,
5: Alberta? I don't know if you guys noticed, but like reading that is, as as Michelle said, she's like, wait, I've already kind of talked about this on the last question. It's like, it's repetitive, right? And, and so I'm, I'm going back on the questions. I'm like, we've already talked a lot about this. It's, it's like one of those questions where it's gonna ask the same thing in a different way. And so like, what's funny about it is, so the, right here it says group inventory questions right, so we're going through about a group, so let's, we got one, two, three, seven personalities right now on this screen, and let's just say somewhere down the line between question five to nine, we got lost, and now we get to question nine, and it's going to bring us back, in a sense, because like, I don't know, I guess a good example, I was doing step two one time, and I was going through some things, right, and it says, well, how am I practicing honesty, well, I'm like, well, I call my sponsor, I work steps, I practice principles. And then it says, well, how am I practicing open-mindedness? Well, I'm working the step, I'm calling my sponsor, I'm, I'm practicing principles, Well, how are you practicing humility? I'm like, and I'm writing the same thing down. And so it's like, why is this asking me the same thing? And I'm like, oh, because I'm in the solution. It's reminding me to be in the solution. So I don't know, I was just kind of looking at that. I was like, it's amazing that like, I don't know, it's just funny for me, I get lost real quick, like squirrel, boom, right? And like, the way that this is being written is the exact same way when I'm in the step working process, how it reminds me to continue to instill this, because it says, well, what role do spiritual principles play in the decision making process of our group? Well, go to question five, last question, how do we distinguish between leadership and governing? So my spiritual principles in my decision making will help me figure out between leadership and governing. So, like, it's crazy. Like, it's, I don't know about you guys, but I get excited with little wordplay like that. I'm a nerd, maybe, I don't know. But that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: Alberta. What's happening, Donna?
1: Well, I went and looked back at the, because all of these have a spiritual principles attached to them, all the traditions do. On page 24, it has listed the spiritual uh, principles for this Um Tradition, and I was looking at um, commitment and safety and humility, and thinking of um, being committed to a home group, being committed to spiritual principles, being committed to everybody having a voice. You know, being committed to showing up on a regular basis and being part of the process—that's just super important. You know, maintaining a safe environment for the newcomer and the old timer. You know, um, for the people just walking in the door and the and the guy who's been opening up the meeting by himself for the last <laughs> ten years, right? And uh, um, you know, for the everybody to have their say. And then the other piece is humility, and I think. Um, uh, you know, what we know about humility from our seventh step is about, um, uh, you know, knowing what my strengths are, knowing what my weaknesses are, knowing what I bring and knowing what I need to leave out, you know, that's not helpful, you know, and, uh, um, and, um, the other piece too, I think, uh, and we've kind of hinted at it here a few times is like, there's very little going on, In a group conscience, that's a matter of life and death, right? It's generally how are we going to spend the money, you know, those kinds of things. Now, you know, remembering our primary purpose, which is carrying the message, means that the group opens, you know, the meeting starts on time, ends on time, somebody's there, somebody shows up, you know, we have good communication, you know, and those, when you get down to like what's really, really important is that's what's really important. The literature is there, the members are there, the door is open and people are welcome, you know, and then everything else, everything else, even though it might be important, is not as important as that. The whole reason to do this whole inventory piece, I think with a group would be to make sure that that is what we are doing before anything else. That's enough out of me.
0: Thanks for those comments, Donna. Anybody else question nine. All right, question 10 reads, what are some of the leadership qualities we seek among trusted servants in our group? How do these qualities demonstrate our spiritual principles? And how do we cultivate these qualities in one another? And Michelle, you were speaking to that a lot about having a member who who maybe has the insight of calming a situation down or kind of bringing us back um, to a focus. And also somebody maybe with some historical context too, I think that's important as well. Uh, just to provide some, some context and I'll use the example, you know, again, like we're switching um, the area was trying to belong to or, or had a motion that brought back to the home groups about, hey, are we gonna belong to this region or not? And here's some reasons why and what's going on. It was only a couple of sentences what, what got brought back to us at the group. A lot of us and maybe who, who didn't get clean like in the, in the Raleigh area or something like that. Really didn't understand. Hey, you know, this happened five years ago, ten years ago, and, and here's what's going on. So I think that might be a quality that that's kind of neat there too. All right, I got some hands coming up. So we got Bobby Brook and Alberto. Bobby, what's happening?
6: Yeah, great, great question here because um, you know, we we've t- we've spoken about this on previous episodes too about leadership qualities and obviously I think the first one that comes to mind is you know trustworthiness and honesty, right? And and the ability to um. You know, be in a situation that uh, you know requires um, you know leadership, right? I mean, there we, I, I know that we all kind of know a group member that um, you know shows those qualities and and obviously lives lives the principles of the program. Um, and I think that's important to um, you know provide those you know to to the group member and not only that, but the newcomer. You know, because the newcomer comes in, who do they kind of look at first it's the it's the leader of the group it's the trusted servant and i think that kind of flows down to everybody else in that particular group um because i know that my first meeting i went to um you know I, I felt extremely welcome and that started with the uh chairperson the trusted servant of, of that group particular group you know that happened to be there that day um so i think that's important um because you know it not only keeps the, the that particular meeting going but it keeps it um you know, it keeps the newcomer coming back. And I think that's, um, you know, that's why we're all here and that's why I'm, I keep coming back. Um, and then the other part of that question, um, how do these qualities demonstrate our spiritual principles and how do we cultivate those qualities and others, um, in one another? I mean, there's no greater, um, you know, impact, right. There's nobody else that better to help me than another recovering addict. And so that recovering addict is demonstrating these spiritual principles, you know, then, you know, I'm, you know, by the grace of God, maybe these principles can be passed down to me. So it's like, you know, I do what was, I do what was told to me and what helps, you know, the people that have been here longer than I, right. Like you guys have helped me come back again and again. And I think that that's what, what a leader is, honestly. I mean, that's what those qualities are. And that's what the spiritual principles that I look for in other people you know, that's what I gravitate towards. So if that makes any sense, um, those are kind of the thoughts I had there. So thanks.
0: Thanks for sharing, Bobby. So, up, Brooke?
2: So I'm just not really obnoxious, but really uh, being able to choose between people who are doing trusted servants, uh, that is, um, that's a pretty special problem. It's not one that my home group has um, basically Anybody that wants to be secretary gets to be secretary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, really, I want to put that out there, that it's not like we're like, you know, is this person responsible? No, they have 30 days clean and they're willing to show up next week. You know, I mean, and like, that's that's real. And, um, and the way that I grew up with that in NA is that you have somebody uh, to basically guide them. So um, we didn't just have, I mean, right now, our home group doesn't have a secretary, but the good news is is that there's a person that unlocks the church for us. So we don't ever have to worry about that, you know? Um, so the home group members that are taking turns opening up the meeting right now <laughs> until we find a secretary, but we're not gonna be like, oh, you know. Um, and when the secretary was having problems before she had to quit, like we were back up. She'd text us and be like, they're making me work late again tonight. I gotta do this thing, you know? Um, and that's really what it is. You can't just put somebody in a position and then expect them to figure it all fucking out. We need to support each other. We need to guide each other, and um, we need to we need to remember that none of us is doing this alone, and that includes service. So yeah, for me, like it's how do I? I mean, how do I practice these principles? Uh, I support people who, you know, whether it be GSR or tre- treasurer is a tough one because I don't know. <sighs> I like to have my treasure to have a little clean time, but, you know, (laughs) I know sometimes that's hard. So yeah, so uh, sometimes we don't get a whole lot of like, these people fit into these categories. Um, We get somebody who's willing and we're not really sure. So um, there's nothing wrong with, um, hey, can I get your phone number? And because my homies and I, we text each other all the time. It's like, don't forget this thing you were going to bring, you know, because we're all like, the three of us might have like one brain cell right now. Um, and so it's important that we remember this is a group effort. <laughs> um, and and if it's important, then it might take three of us to get it done. But we can get it. Done. That's it.
0: Okay, that, that's good. I was chuckling when you were talking about, hey, if you want the position, you you got it. This past summer, uh, you know, we had somebody who was willing to to open up, you know, put the coffee on, set the stuff up, and get there like 45 minutes earlier or something like this. So we're kind of getting into this flow of few minutes before you know opening up and it's just like a bad for me when I get to a meeting and it's, it's being opened up a couple minutes before coffee's percolating like during the the readings and shit it's not a good vibe you know but anyway the one hungry member was like well I don't know if he's clean long enough and this and that and so then the question was well would you like you know can you do it can you open the door and put the and then this person was like, well no because you know school and shit like this and this and this and then it's like well fuck it you know the question is if someone says no to that hey would you like to do it it's they shut the fuck up kind of real quick and then you know then you get to give the key to to whoever's willing but anyhow i'll digress alberto what's happening
5: yeah so i'm reading the questions and it's like so i'm thinking of qualities it's like all right, so what are some leadership qualities and then how do these qualities demonstrate spiritual principles and maybe I'm not very understanding, but I'm thinking, well, like if an individual can just practice the spiritual principles, isn't that what makes the person have the qualities, right? And now, again, I'm just word playing here. I'm like complicating it, like my sponsor says, I complicate the cornflakes. Um, and so, like, and and that's what it is. It's like okay, see, because let's. I'm gonna get real honest here. If it was not for this program, I would not be a good person. Um, I just would not naturally I'm very selfish I'm self-centered I, I would rather lie to you I would rather stay locked up in the closet because it's safer there um you know I don't like making new friends blah 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 but it was the simple practice of some principles that I've been doing that has kind of made me into the person that I am and a lot of people and I'm well I, recently better yet said people have been telling me how attractive that is, right? Male and um, woman. Um, and I'm kind of like confused because I'm like, should I should I say thank you? Um, you know, I don't really know. Um, and then being able to see that about myself, I'm like, you know what? I guess they're kind of right. I'm not that bad. Um, and what I've learned is that like, that's all I have to do. And in that itself, people kind of have attra- been... Gravitating towards me, um, and like wanting and asking me, like Alberto, like the dude at work, um, a few months ago, in well, my old job, he was like, "Oh, that's why you're weird. That's why you're awfully kind because you you go to those classes and and you practice those things." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm a recovering addict." And he's like, "I always wondered why you were so calm and patient." He's like, because we work with a bunch of ex-cons, a bunch of druggies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, dude, Um, this is why I am Why I am. I am successful because of the principles. And that has became attracting in my life. So like I'm reading the last question where it says, like, how do we cult- cultivate that in others? That's it. It's the simple practice of principles because this is an attraction program. If I try to tell you, Hey, you need to do this going back. You're going to be like, well, at least for me, I'm the person that was going to tell you no, go F yourself. You're not going to tell me what I need to do. Um, but when I see that, you know what, you're honest, you're open, you're willing, you're humble, you're kind, you're, you're just generous. You're very compassionate. You're very patient, trusting, kind, and you're courageous. And then I look at your life, your physical life. I look at your emotional life and I'm like, this dude's pretty like, good legit everybody else treats him the same and he treats other people the same I kind of want that I want that I don't like what I have because what I have isn't you know I bring destruction but I want what he's bringing to the table and I'm like okay cool um so yeah I don't know that for me it's like if I really want people to change the change has to start with me if I really want to have leadership qualities what principles am I practicing um I have no other answer to it I I honestly don't all my life one of my cousins out here would always tell me Alberta why are you so negative I'm like dude what are you talking about I'm not negative negative." one day it hit me oh god I am <laughs> you know but that has now changed and she has recently even said she's like Alberta I never thought I would go to you for help I always thought it was going to be the other way around and she's like, I'm, I'm really glad that you're this person today. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad too. So that's all I got for that.
0: You sound so much like your sponsor when you share my, thanks for sharing, Alberto. What's happening, Donna?
1: I was uh, thinking about my first um, time I got voted in at a group level for a position of secretary and um, uh, the group secretary, uh, couldn't do it anymore. And so she stood up in a business meeting and pointed across the room and says, and I think Donna should do it now, right? And I, you know, I don't know how long I had clean. It certainly wasn't a year. And a um, secretary is a pretty big position out here and you keep it for a year and you, you can get voted in again, right? And so um, uh, so that, that's the person that opens the meeting and closes the meeting and sets up the literature and really runs the business meeting. I mean, they really do a lot. And I was so shocked that they wanted me to do that, you know. And yeah, maybe it was because nobody else wanted to do it, right? But I learned so much by doing that, and um, and that connection to a home group was vital. Um, especially in my early, uh, early days of recovery, because I wanted to get loaded more often than not. And I had to go open up that damn meeting. And uh, um, the other thing I would say, um, and since this isn't a meeting, I'm going to respond directly to Alberto uh, is that um, there was a part of me that always wanted to be a good person. I always wanted to do the right. I wanted to be helpful and I wanted to tell the truth and I wanted to be kind, but it was just so much easier to keep doing what I had always done. And I had no idea that what I needed to do was practice spiritual principles. Right. And, um, you know, people tell me today that I'm a calming influence. That being around me makes, you know, makes the environment calmer. I come into and I'm like, who the fuck are you talking about? Right? Right? I mean, I really do. But I, you know, I think the biggest piece is that I've just learned that most of what we think is a big deal is not a big deal. We can make these decisions another day. Right? And and I've learned how to be to shut up. Right? And I don't have to say but everybody in the home group business meeting is an idiot because they don't think the way I do. I just keep my mouth shut, right? And I don't have to let it show up on my face anymore, even most of the time, right? And uh, man, uh, when you talk about acting yourself into a right way of thinking, that's what all of that did for me. I started acting as if I was a respectable, productive member of society that could show up and open up a meeting and I did it. And then it was true, right? Um, Thank God for Joyce, right? Thank God for that first person. I had a couple of years clean, and somebody thought I'd be a good area chairperson. Like, what are you talking about? But I did it, and I was great. I had like three years clean. You know, I just found out that I had a real knack for stuff like that that just to just keep a meeting kind of calm and running smoothly i had no idea that i could do something like that no idea that that was in my nature right so what an incredible what incredible things we learn about ourselves by staying clean and working a few principles right keep coming back thanks
0: thanks for sharing that with us donna all right, folks. Thanks for riding along with us this week. Your action item, if you're listening, your action item is this. Find a find somebody who could benefit from this resource and give it to them. Contact us. Reach out to us. We'd love to have you as a guest if you're willing to jump on with us. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.